this is Ross Payton with Roleplaying Bubble Radio. This is RBBR episode 151, PAX South 2018 wrap-up. Uh, nor <laughs> last couple of years, this has been a Patreon thing, but this year was a very tabletop sort of uh, oriented uh, PAX, so I thought this would be better for, you know, our main podcast. And so we have with us uh, the three other people from RPPR who went there, uh, Aaron... Tom and special guest Chris. Chris, yeah, I'm the guy. You, you are the guy. And that is true. That is, that is very true. <laughs> um, and this has been a really uh, fun pack south. Um, it, I don't want to say it's the best one ever, but it's been. It was really fun. Uh, we, I got to do a lot of things that I hadn't been able to do before. Uh, highlights include, of course, True Dungeon. Uh, I demoed a full skirmish game that I had not been able to try before called Wild West Exodus. Um, played a lot of board games, well, two board games I hadn't played before, um, tried a couple of new video games, and of course hanging out with uh, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Farmer, and trying, of course, his shitty Xbox games. Uh, oh my god, god. happy oh. to provide. Yeah, yes, thank you oh, so much. I cannot wait to talk about those. <laughs> shitty, shitty, shitty Xbox games. <laughs> and, oh god, yeah. So that's gonna be fun. Um, but of course... Uh, no news for this episode because you know, just wrap up. Uh, don't well, the news any... is we went to Pack South. Boom, we... there you go. <laughs> All right, thank you, Tom. Um, <laughs> and I do what I can. You do, yeah. Uh, so we rented a car. Uh, this time for a trip because it's a much better idea. Yeah, seven hundred mile trip or so. Uh, from where we are, so it's you know eleven hours of driving more or less. Uh, one way. One, one, one way. Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, so we did a bunch of podcasts. We'll talk about the podcast at the last. Um, let's just go around and talk about some of the highlights and lowlights of the con for each of you. So uh, first off, I guess Chris, uh, highlights and lowlights of the of the con before we get too much into into specifics. Oh sure. Uh, well, you know, let's just go ahead and get the warm and gush out of the way. The highlight is obviously <laughs> that I get to see you guys. Oh. Um, you know, and you you guys make the effort and the time to make the drive and come down here and and see me. And um, I almost I almost put the scotch on this thing because I had the nerve to get sick uh, just shortly before they showed up. Uh, but I nutted up and um, I was able to show up just in time. And <laughs> Basically, is how I felt. Yeah, um, damn you, chicken. So, uh, but let's see here. Uh, well, the one of the absolute best things I thought was um, uh, I had the opportunity to uh, go to a, a booth that was manned by limited run games, and I don't know how much uh, people in the RPPR circle really play video games or, or know about them, but the uh, limited run games is known for making uh, physical copies, UPC bars, and everything on them. Uh, of what are traditionally digital games, and uh, they mainly deal with console games, but they've also known to do with like uh, Steam releases. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I was I was very fortunate to be able to pick up a copy of a game that I thought that that had fallen out of the wayside. They usually only print about two thousand copies of these games, and uh, apparently they had uh, found some in a uh, sock drawer and brought them to packs, and so I was able to snap it up. That was fantastic. Uh, uh, yeah, you're you're you you picked up um, La Mulana, which uh, looked uh, and I managed to look through it. It looked at the Vita version, the PS Vita version of it, with but with the soundtrack and this beautiful printed manual and poster and stuff like that. Uh, it looked really good. If I had a Vita, I might have been tempted to spend sixty five bucks for it or whatever it was. Um, so sure, yeah. But just so you know, uh, La Mulana is also available on Steam. You know, you don't you don't need to buy a dead dying Sony handheld to play it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I do have it for Steam. Actually, I have played it a little bit. Oh, excellent! So then you're aware of it. I mean, you know, these sorts of games that are just <laughs> the, the more impenetrable and difficult a game is, the more I'm weirdly drawn to it. Even though I typically have zero patience, <laughs> I think every year I grow older, I get closer to just selecting baby mode off, right at the outset. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got Wolfenstein too earlier this. Year. And I just picked the baby. <laughs> I know uh, what I'm here for. Yeah, I. Uh, Chris uh, plays Babby. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I played. Yeah, I played it on normal mode, but it's um, Wolfenstein too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I, I know what you mean. There are a lot, a lot of games I wish I just want to get through the story. I just want to see it, especially games that are like like sneak past the monster kind of things. Uh, I don't really have as much patience for those anymore because it's like the first time it's scary, but the sixth time is like how the oh god. Just got to be a little faster to jump on the thing and jump over here and run here. Fuck. 
<laughs> so that was my experience. That was me role playing, me playing Amnesia Dark Descent. Um, I have that for when originally we put that on Raillery, but it just becomes even more frustrating during that time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah. So, Aaron, what are what are your highlights and lowlights? Uh, like I said, uh, the primary one. We'll get into that later. Uh, well, again, seeing Chris uh, and then. Uh, going to True Dungeon 2, which was the biggest one because we finally got to drag you in with us on that. Yes. And, uh, I was so happy, trust me. I was looking forward to it for, for months. <laughs> yeah, absolutely for that. Um, a lot of the things I was looking for, uh, like this year, I, I saw a couple of cool things. Like I, uh, The one game that I ended up playing uh, or getting, getting to try out was a thing called Armed Gelatinous, which was uh, this four-player uh, uh, like massive shooter that you play these blobs that you'll just grab different guns and float towards each other until you're this horrible mass of of, well, of gelatin and, and pistols. So this is the only way I can really describe it. Armed and gelatinous. Uh, okay, interesting. Armed and gelatinous. It, it was interesting. No, it's, but, I hadn't heard of it at all. It sounds really interesting. I'm gonna. Yeah, it was interesting from fun from that. Yeah. Uh, but saw that one. Uh, well, outside of there. Um. Uh, getting to also do a couple of the other panels that we did, like uh, the we put it on RPPR already, but the uh, Murder Hobo. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, panel. Cure for the Common Murder Hobo was a collaborative. Uh, we already posted the panel, so you listeners have already had a chance to listen to it. Um, so yeah, those are the same people behind uh, some of the other panels we recorded from Pack South in previous years. They just changed the name of the organization, so I put links up in there. Um, but yeah, it was a good sort of world building exercise kind of uh, panel. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I, I will leave this as just the mystery for people to learn later on and say, this is a surprise if you come to Gen Con to see us. Uh, I, I decided to, uh, well, it, take partake of a mystery box. And uh, if you want to know what was in there, we're going to oh save God, it. Oh, Gen yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we're going to leave that as a surprise. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. Uh, I was at Five Below yesterday with my wife and I fucking saw Battleborn there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully nobody's going to remember this by the time. Well, there's other games too, so those will be secret. Uh, maybe they'll turn up at the uh, Gen Con meetup. Uh, <laughs> special prizes for our most dedicated listeners. Oh, yes. I, I can't put finger quotes over the radio, Ross, or over the internet. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure you can. You're a method actor. You can do it. Uh, so, Tom, what are your some of your highlights? Well, obviously, like last year, uh, my biggest thing was the Retro Arcade. Uh, it wasn't as good as last year because this year it was Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, not regular Mortal Kombat 3. <laughs> nah. Okay. All right. I don't know the difference, and please don't explain it to me. Uh... <laughs> I, okay. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, uh, I, but it was still great to play that game again. Um, also, I'm a classic console fanatic. I was on the SNES most of the time I was there. Was it like the actual SNES or the SNES Classic? Uh, the actual, the SNES, the regu- the original. Yeah, okay. And then the Classic over there. Um, although, speaking of the arcade, there was something that we did, Ross, that uh, I forgot to mention on that, uh, w- that we discovered in the uh, class and the retro arcade, they had a uh, diehard arcade machine that I was not aware of. Uh, that yeah. of this ever existed. Um, so. Yeah, sort of a polygon virtual fighter looking diehard uh, two-player co-op brawler thing. Um, and where you're trying to get it from uh, the, the villain looks like he belongs in a Ninja Gaiden game or uh, Tekken, uh, well that old guy in Tekken. Um, and yeah, he uh, you just, John McClane and generic female cop fight bad guys and robots. Yeah, and your yeah your every Ed two hundred nine replica and whatnot is you're going up this to save the president's daughter as this guy stealing something you never money. know it, it's money yeah. uh, probably I, I would assume it but it, no they, no they they, they showed it. it's definitely money like oh did it okay because the yeah. only thing I remembered is that they opened the vault and it had the golden glow from Pulp Fiction coming well they from. yeah they stole them they stole the MacGuffin. Okay, yeah. and then of course you're res- rescuing the president's daughter who's hiding in a cabinet the entire time, and you also have the satisfaction at the very end when you beat the boss. The game is not over. One of you has to fight to the death before it, before you can be rescued by the police helicopter. While well, the it's not a fight to the death; it's just a fight because the building is yeah, fine. Well, yeah. the pre- no, well, the president's daughter. No, she's saying that. Thank you. Like it's like I want to pick one of you to be my personal bodyguard. 
So fight mm. it out for me. <laughs> oh god. See, but they I think it's even more insulting because at the uh, consider this, this was an arcade machine. So when one person beats the other, it doesn't end. You can still continue. So this just encourages the five, oh, sorry, the ten-year-old pissing matches that probably occurred. Like, I'm not the best, John McClane. You're gonna be it. <laughs> yeah, I would take a dive in that fight. I would not want to be the bodyguard of a ten-year-old who got yeah. kidnapped by oh. international terrorists. Like, that's hard. Like, mm, you have to go out of your way to get kidnapped <laughs> well, by international you know, bad guys. You no, know, it's bril- It's actually brilliant because that game's designed to eat quarters. That's what it does. Well, yes, that is an arcade game. That, uh, true, so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we we had a lot of fun uh, doing that. So we and we did By get. By the way, to, I'm, yeah. I'm still the master of pilot wings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> get back over here to the video games. <laughs> um, it's well, all I've got. Uh, all right. So, well, speaking of video games, um, I did. We like. It seemed this year was smaller than last year, at least in terms of the the exhibitor area, and I think. Uh, I mean, last year they had, you know, they're previewing, Nintendo was previewing the, the Switch. Uh, Capcom was hyping Resident Evil 7. Um, and, God, there was, there was something else that was getting a lot of hype. Uh, there was just a ton of VR uh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, and, like, the biggest the biggest game that they were really hyping this one was uh, Monster Hunter World, I think. Yeah, Monster Hunter World had a big display. Um, so it was smaller than last year's, but, I mean, like... You know, last year you had the Switch and yeah, RE7, so like, yeah, of course it's going to be smaller if you don't have shit like that coming down the pipe. Um, but it was still a lot of fun. I got to play uh, a couple of video games that I haven't had a chance, that I've been hype about, but I haven't had a chance to play. So uh, the first game I played uh, was Tonight We Riot, which is a side-scrolling brawler uh, where you're fighting against a, you know, a fascist government and you're trying to overthrow it. And, uh, of course it's not just you though. You can recruit, like you recruit a mob of people, like people will join your side and they just, and they're AI controlled. So you just get more and more people, uh, fighting you. And so it's very, and it's not just fighting against other, like, you know, riot police or whatever. You also fight monsters and, you know, robots and shit like that. So it looks really fun. Um, and I find, I saw it being previewed there. Uh, last year, but I didn't get a chance to actually play it until this year, and I'm like, oh, it looks so cool. So, yeah. I'm looking at the trailer right now on Steam, and like, um, is it kind of like supposed to be sort of like a tongue-in-cheek, you know, the proletariat finally striking back against the bourgeois kind of thing? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, they, they they were doing that, and one of the functions I really liked about that is that you just gather more people because you have, like, safe houses that you can go through, get yeah. other people, and then you just have a horde throwing different improvised weapons like Molotov cocktails, mm-hmm. bricks, uh, and different weapons as you come across. Yeah, it looks really fun. Uh, so hopefully it's going to come out pretty soon. Um, I've been looking forward to that. Uh, the other game I got to try out was uh, that I really was interested in is Deep Sky Derelicts. And that is sort of a science fiction dungeon crawler that style... It, well, the, the gameplay is reminiscent of Darkest Dungeon, but obviously it's stylized differently. It's got a comic book feel for it. It's science fiction, and you're going through abandoned spaceships. Um, and it's an early access right now. You can actually buy it right now. I would not recommend it buying it right now uh, because they're still in the, the 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 stage of game development where they're tuning things. Um, right now, unlike Darkest Dungeon, where you know each character class has you know six moves and you can pick four at a time. Um, in this one, you get like a, a deck. Each character has a deck of cards, and when you use one ability too often, you have to discard it and use other abilities. Uh, into and so that's really fucking annoying because then like I want to attack and do damage. Oh, you're out of attack cards now. You gotta buff each other for two moves, and I'm just like, Ugh. that could sound totally gross if taken out of context. Hey, you have to, you have to buff hey. each other now. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, that was that was. So it's still. I, I'm, of course, I'm flashing back to like Darkest Dungeon, the corpse, you know, uh, uh, controversy uh, over persistent corpses uh, in battle. So <laughs> I would wait until this game is further along in development before deciding to get it or not. I mean, it looks promising, um, but like, so the core gameplay looks fun, but like, it depends on how they balance it. It could be really 
they could ruin it or knock it out of the park depending on how the game is balanced. Like if it's really fucking annoying or really uh, good. So um, those are the two games I played. Aaron, you played one you wanted to mention, right? Uh, a, a couple. Uh, which one? Uh, Armed and Gelatinous. And you, you were... Yes, uh, yeah, Armed and Gelatinous, we did that as well. So, uh, yeah, base, uh, this one was just a simple, uh, like, a, a kind of shoot-up game where you have four players at the corners flying through something of an, like an asteroid field, and uh, you have, the purpose of this is to have, uh, it's kind of a points building that as many as you're sur- surviving with the largest blob that has as many guns welded into it as possible, and the more guns you get, you just become a gigantic beam spam towards everybody else. Uh, it did have a, a mechanic, though, where if you w- timed it correctly enough, uh, you could actually pop somebody fairly easily through a move, but nice. uh, as I am horrible at learning games initially, I just on the fly, I was sitting there going, like, what do I do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> With, with that until like you know got their pop. Uh, it's a cute little game, so okay. But it might be for couch co-op, which would be interesting. Uh, but yeah, like I was, but yeah, for t- tonight we riot was a lot of fun. Uh, were there any and, other? Were there any other video new games you got to try out? Uh, not that, not as much. Uh, there was one I don't think it was with Devolver, but they, uh, I, it was something Graveyard something. It was kind of looking interesting. It looked like it had RPG elements. So I'll have All to right. roll back and see what was in there. Uh, Chris, did you find anything? Uh, any of the new? I'm trying. Games? I'm trying to think of. Um, there, there, there was a rather interesting um, sort of a well NES game maker thing. It was um, and, and, and apparently it's like um, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, I think it's a combination. Like you'll you, you'll use like a Windows based platform to actually do the uh, you know granular details, the nuts and bolts of it, and then um, that then, then yeah, uh, I there, 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 I, I know what you're talking about. It. Yeah, yeah, it's a Nez, it's Nez maker. Um, yeah and oh yes yeah which actually, I thought looked really impressive it was but every time I swung by it was always populated yeah yeah that's another yeah even like I said it was smaller but like there were still a lot of people there so like yeah. it was hard to you'd have to wait in line to get uh like I had to wait to play Deep Sky Derelicts and um so forth so like Nesmeg yeah it's programming Nes cartridges to play uh there's a documentary about it that they were selling uh and uh, you can probably order uh online uh, right now, um, so yeah, that that's something to check out um, if you're inter- interested in that kind of uh, uh, thing. So, but yeah, this year was more tabletop oriented because uh, we did a lot of cool tabletop stuff. Um, so, like I mentioned, th- I think the biggest thing was that I finally got to play True Dungeon after you know like ten years yes. of not playing. <laughs> Because I'm like, I'm too busy at Gen Con and blah, blah, blah. But like, oh, it's back south. I got time. So Yeah, and this was either like – I think this was like the first year they were doing it here, right? So, um, no, they were doing a preview of it last year. It oh, was, yeah, they, yeah. They did the preview last year, and this is the first year they actually got to do the full uh, adventure. So yeah. this was uh, when we went through the Moongate Maze. Moongate so, Maze, uh, which was at Gen Con last year. And so they were just doing – this is the last version of it, I guess. Uh, they're going to have a new dungeon. Well, actually, no, they're going to show – they're going to – we're actually going at uh, to Origins GameCon as well. Uh, so, I, and since I might be going to Origins this year, uh, I might be able to do it. And but they're doing some other maze or some other dungeon as well. But um, they're doing a brand new thing and uh, premiering a new uh, dungeon at Gen Con, which is ice themed. Um, and so, yeah, Moongate Maze. Um, yeah, first off, Chris, yeah, what is what is your impressions yeah. of True Dungeon since this was obviously your first time as well? Um so I kind of I, I kind of got the um the notion that uh this is like an escape room for nerds, but yeah. that's kind of a misnomer because escape rooms are in fact for nerds. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> in and of themselves, it doesn't matter what the window dressing is. Um that you know that said, uh I I have to admire everyone, you know, the people who are running it, you know, I mean you you got some drama geeks in here and they're and they're they're hewing very close to character. Um you know, uh, the people who were there to facilitate the game, the people who were not um, you know, in costume or character, it was <laughs> it was kind of incongruous but funny. You know, we had this guy in the trilby hat who was just like being, a, being kind of a smartass to this eight of us. Oh yeah, the um, GM, that, the GMs yeah. that were having or in each one dealing for combat or whatnot. So, um. and you know, I kind of get it. You know, if you guys stand there for like twelve hours and just you know it's group after group who don't know how to like solve the puzzle, 
<laughs> we did pretty lose. well, actually. Uh, we, you, 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 you figured at some point he would just be screaming yeah. at, it's three pieces! <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, uh, that said, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the, they, they, it was, it was really, uh, an entire full body experience, you know, the, yeah. the, the, uh, the sound, you know, I mean, there was always sound and, um, uh, you know, they had Music, like their yeah. little animatronics going and so on and so forth. Yeah. I don't uh, know if those were animatronics or puppets or like, just like puppets or like really elaborate costumes with like fitted pieces or something like, I don't know how they did those, but it was really impressive. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't want anyone thinking that you go into this and you see something like Disney's Hall of Presidents where you're like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are going to take over us someday. So, uh, no, I actually do know how they do that because a lot of those, like uh, one of the one, first rooms we went uh, into, we had a uh, tr- uh, like an entish creature, a tree creature uh, that was sitting in front. And uh, all of it is like the electronics and the smoke that was coming out of his mouth. But at the same time, there was somebody behind him that I saw exit the room, mm. uh, as we did, that was moving everything. So it's a combination of some uh, some effects and puppetry as well. I see. Uh, yeah, so no, it was really well done. Um, we did the puzzle-oriented version of the thing, because the other combat is basically uh, fucking just shuffleboard. very extra shuffleboard. Like it's yeah. very, very uh, dramatic shuffleboard because you have all these magic tokens uh, that you use as items. And then you have all these other things. Um, it's ridiculous. And uh, we did, the puzzle. we did pretty well in the puzzle one there. I, I don't want to spoil it obviously, but there was a puzzle involving scent uh, that we <laughs> we didn't solve because we ran out of time, but we got the main thing, and also because scent is really hard to get people to agree on. What what does this smell like? Well, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, what does it smell like? Yeah, really. Uh, the only thing that we should have done is that once we got one right, we really needed to have somebody like sticking to a flower saying, "Nope, we did this one." We did that. So. We we some people did that, but not enough people did that. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> which was... is really fucking annoying. I was trying. I tried to do that first. Like, all right, I did mine. I'm I'm out. But no. <laughs> But we had, but we had enough people there that worked from that, and um, I would actually say just from going through one last uh, from Gen Con two years ago, uh, because I did Into the Deeper Dark, which was a, a very, uh, it was the uh, uh, dungeon base, a full dungeon based one. So we had like lava pits and everything, and uh, driders and that stuff. Uh, this one was much more again for Elven and Ethereal too, and uh, I was kind of surprised we didn't have like a fight at the end like we did the last one. Yeah. So, but I was, and I don't know if that's maybe set for difficulty because we chose normal in this one. That's probably whereas, that might be a good reason. Uh, yeah. Whereas yeah. Uh, into the deeper dark, we went ahead and went with the most difficult run that we could. So, and yeah. you know, somehow I came alive with the exception of Micah dying, <laughs> but. All right. Uh, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I really like. I, I, I it was also really cool for me because there was one puzzle where I was like, "Hey, I know this one piece of trivial information that's vitally oh, useful." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so. knew a thing about a type of tree that was useful. So he's one tenth of a tree, Doctor. I'm one t- Yeah, I, I played a druid, and I totally suck at match. Like, part of it works is like the spellcasters have to memorize certain shapes in order to gain bonuses to their spells. And my, for druids, it was leaves and matching like <laughs> a, like. And so like, I fucking failed every single one of those tests. I could, like. <laughs> I there there it's not just like three leaves types it's like 14 and you get like 3 minutes to memorize it I'm like I am not and they're similar shapes like is this persimmon or elm or whatever it's like uh, or hickory or oak or whatever it's like they both have five leaves I don't know uh, <laughs> it was oh uh, yeah, quite, yeah something but, you have to do with the puzzles can be really off right now um yeah. I, I think to special me mention, especially for Chris, needs to be done when we entered it because we had the uh, while we were doing setting one of the puzzles, we were getting blessings from this elven queen. Yeah. So and to do that, we had to give her presents, and uh, Chris decided to be the bard in that moment. Yeah. So, because of course I did. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you're Which, a good bard. Uh, well, no, no, I'm just saying this because I, 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 I was okay planning to do what I did the last time and just sing but when you went up there it's like well damn i can't fall i'm not gonna follow that one up so i'm gonna just go ahead and uh do the stupid thing of giving a present which i handed out one of the patreon postcards to this uh nice <laughs> they looked confused which was funny for me yeah i was happy 
Uh, Chris, what did you sing for the the Elven Queen? Or uh, oh, I can't I can't write really remember remember, but I mean, like I was, I was kind of just put on the spot, so I just I put my mind in a different place so I wouldn't freeze up, and I just yeah. kind of. You know, I was just like, I'm never going to see these people again. I'd be as dumb as I want to be. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, yeah. So I, I, God bless you too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think next time I do True Dungeon, I'm going to do some role playing warm up exercises to kind of get in the mood of being a silly uh, kind of uh, jackass. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was so much a jackass, but I was just like, oh, what's What's a very no, no, no. I'm talking about me. I want to be more oh. of a jackass next time. Yeah. Like, maybe have a couple of beers before I go in. Cause that's oh. gonna... is, that, is that what it takes? Yeah. <laughs> you were properly medic. Yeah. Oops. So, well, I, you know, and I think that's fair to the people who are, do, who are volunteering for the positions on there, because if you're stuck in one or two areas, you got to get bored after a once in a while. So, yeah, exactly. Ed- I want to have – I'm talking about fun. I, I just felt a little stiff and awkward because I wasn't like, oh, they want me to role play and get into the character and stuff like that. And I'm just like, uh, what am I doing? You know, I was just yeah, a so- little – Oh, it's, uh, a, it's, it's your first go? time, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and you have that survival button. So, I do and have a survival have, button. Yeah. And we still have a mass of tokens. You do have so. tokens. Uh, it seems to me that, like, um, Bitcoin, just, right? Yes. <laughs> they are like Bitcoin, Tom. Um, it seems to me that, like, I mean, it, it seems to me that this uh, true dead thing can be as involved as you want it to be. Because uh, I think we spent a lot of time going over these tokens and like trying to equip them on our on our on our person and stuff like that. Yeah, and it didn't matter that much. <laughs> yeah, it no, didn't yeah. matter in the end. I was just like, I really need to like you know, like I was setting my wife up. I was I was like you know stacking all these benefits on top of each other because I was just like, you know, she's going to die in five minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> I gave her as much armor as I could, and then you know most of it was just uh, you know. Well, we oh yeah, they, yeah. GM just came through. It's like you don't need this. You don't need this. I don't care about this. No, no, no. Yeah, I gave myself like a ring that let me talk to snakes or some shit. I was like, you know, I was kind of like trying to be a jack of all trades. And it turns out that, you know, we're just going to, you know, uh, do some drama. Yeah. And she brought, oh, she brought us Whataburger. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh you're sorry. Yeah. Uh, Chris's wife did yeah. make a Whataburger run for us. And uh, we were turning. Yeah, this was my, this is, you know, we're talking about first, this is my wife's first time to a convention like this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, she, uh, she was a good sport. You know, she was kind of nervous going in, but, I think I think once she found out that no one's really paying attention to her, she kind of loosened up. Yeah, uh, yeah. She she she's among you know nerds like they're, they're yeah no. Uh, she 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 was fine. Um, let's see what else did we do? Um, so you think? Oh, well, do you think you're gonna try uh, True Dungeon again? Because you're going to Gen Con this year, right? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely um, gonna gonna try to make the Gen Con. Uh, might be dragging Amanda with me. Uh, and if I do, yeah, I definitely want to just, you know, let's just make it a habit. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we would definitely want you to in that uh, group as well if we can get if we can get the tickets for it because it's – I'm we're so happy you enjoyed it too. And if you do it at Gen Con, they have like the whole Lucas Oil Field Stadium, so it's even larger than what they've done there. So uh, Maybe that's why they didn't have the combat was also because they just have enough space. That's true because uh, yeah. this was in like a ballroom area on on the third floor. I mean, it was like the- yeah, yeah. It was like seven rooms, in which we got through in two hours, which was fine. Like, oh yeah, so. a little under two hours actually. Um, but yeah, it was fine. Uh, I had a blast, and I'll be willing to try it again. I'm going to try and get Caleb and Spencer to go to True Dungeon oh, and okay. Origins if we <laughs> uh, have time and it works out. Because I'm I'm really trying to sell it on to them. Um, so let's see here. Uh, what else? Uh, of course, we also another game that I got to play uh, that I had heard a little bit about Gen Con because I saw they had display well not display booths but little display cases set up with their minis that looked really cool. Um, was Wild West Exodus, which is a miniatures uh, skirmish game, uh, not army size but like warband size, so like you know five to twelve figures. Uh, per side, and I got to play a full demo, like a two-hour game, three-turn game. So Wild West Exodus is, uh, there. there's six factions or so. Of course, there's Native Americans with magical powers. Uh, there's lawmen. There's outlaws. There's the federales, you know, the federal troops. Uh, there's also mad scientists with, like, Frankenstein-type soldiers. Um, and there's, like, like, hex, which is, like, a mad evil magic, and then there's, like, an angelic one. So there's a lot of different sides, and they all shoot at each other. So I played a demo where I was playing the Enlightened, which are the Mad Scientist faction, and was fighting the Federal troops. And um, 
you know, the basic scenario, kill the leader of the enemy faction. And um, I'm interested in the game still. Uh, even You know, I, I to, full disclosure, I got my ass annihilated in this game. Uh, <laughs> like... Not that our rolling helped you at all. Yeah, no, it was part of it was bad rolling. Like, I mean that 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 it the, it's a game that involves a lot of D10 rolling. So like, um, there is a bit of randomness involved. But um, I think my faction was underpowered compared to theirs. Um, and I'll get that in a, in a little bit. Uh, one thing I do like is at the beginning of the game to determine initiative. You have like a you have two decks of cards. One with guts and glory abilities, and those are like. Um, guts give you you can use a guts there's a guts and a glory on each card and the guts thing gives you some advantage in the game like plus one action pointers you know some some other benefit to your characters in the uh, glory thing is like gain additional victory points by you know doing something else so you can so you have to choose whether you want to improve your effectiveness in the game or gain more glory victory points to try and win um, so you have to kind of decide what's going to be more effective for you. So, uh, I found that interesting. Uh, but you also have an initiative deck and each initiative card has like a number between like one and 50 on it. And then like one to four for action points. And so the, you, you flip over the card, uh, at the beginning of the turn, determine who goes first. And you know, that's the initiative number. And then you turn over another card. If you go first or whenever you go to see, and then you use the action point number, which is a number between one and four. Uh, and you uh, you use that one to four points on one of your characters. Uh, characters have, um, and you activate one character at a time, and then you go back and forth about who who's activating what. So it's different from Conflict Forty Seven, where it's entirely random in what order characters will go. Um, you know, you can have a, in Conflict Forty Seven, you can have multiple character, multiple units on the same side go. Um, or, you know, which, which is interesting. Um, and then in, and also different than Warhammer where the entire army on one side goes and then the other side goes, <laughs> which is, um, I think that's the least interesting thing. I like the mixing up how, which unit goes first. Like, and so it's like, it's not entire, like you can choose to react and do things. Um, you have some control even when it's your opponent's turn. So, uh, uh yeah. So anyway, um, you have a number of actions available to each character, you know, move, shoot, may charge into melee. Uh, but you also have special actions like focus, which gives you a bonus on, uh, the next action you do, whether it's shooting or moving. Um, you can, uh, hunker down to gain a defensive bonus. You can go into, I forgot what it's called, but it's a limited overwatch where you can only shoot back. If someone shoots directly at your character, which I thought was pretty shitty, because I think Overwatch should be like shoot at the first enemy you see. So yeah. Um, what else? And then uh, you get to uh, you activate your character, and then if you want to do multiple of the same action, there's a penalty. So if you want to shoot the first time you attack, it's one point, then the second time it's two points, and then three points, and so on and so forth. So, um. I was playing the Frankenstein Mad Scientist. The other uh, guy was playing that. And basically the way it works out is there's a ton of little fiddly bits to the rules where like every unit has multiple little modifiers to what its attacks do and what it, what it has. Like, oh, this unit has tough or resilient or whatever. And it, it gets a bonus to save against damage or this weapon has this ability. And if it, you roll this, it does this. And so there's a lot of things to keep track of. So I, I, I imagine once you get used to it, um, it's a little easier to keep track. But of course, you know, we were being led through this demo, me and this other random person, uh, by one of the employees of the game company. So like they knew the rules really well. So I imagine once you get used to it, it, it but there's, so it's a little steep learning curve at the front. I mean, would you say Aaron? Uh, yeah, from what I was seeing from it, uh, it's because uh, I came in, I was, I came in about halfway when you and Chris were going through the game, mm -hmm. and uh, I kind of got threw off by just the multiple roles. Yeah, on for each one, like uh, when it was coming back, like wait, shouldn't that just be like, like one hit, maybe a reaction, one and done? So yeah. from it, uh, so uh, yeah, not too bad otherwise, but yeah, it's uh, when you. If you're just doing a demo, it just seems like a lot that would be thrown at you at the same time, which 
as I looked at him, like I like the minis, I like the concept, and I kind of like the fighting rules, but I'm not sure if I would want to dive into getting all the models at that moment. So no, um, so, uh, yeah. that that's certainly true. Um, yeah, there is a lot of rerolling. Like every warband leader has a pool or fortune uh, chips that you can turn in uh, to get a reroll in abilities, and these renew at every turn. So you have at least a four to five point pool. Of things you can reroll, and then certain characters get individual fortune pool points, and then certain a bit unit character uh, character abilities allow you to reroll certain things. So there's a lot of rerolling, and some of it's bad. Like sometimes, like oh, if you get wounded by this ability and you make your save against it to to resist the damage, you have to roll again. So you have to make two rolls on it. Um, and so that's really annoying. A little, well, not super annoying, but it it adds a little bit of. Um, there's a lot Monotony of fucking, it, yeah, so. yeah. Um, Chris, what were your thoughts on it? Um, well, uh, kind of like what I said, uh, when I was there, uh, checking it out with you, I, I, I think the, uh, I, I think they've really nailed the overall aesthetic mm-hmm. and, and look, it's got a great uh, look, and yeah. feel of the game. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, people who are listening, you can go to war cradles website now and you can actually download the manual. Mm-hmm. And take a look at it and see if you want to see uh, some more explanation of the rules. But they uh, they have wonderful examples of this incredible art style here. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, you know, I was drawn immediately to how the game looked. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, it's just my, it's just my brand of, you know, you know, you know, grungy, filthy and, you know, but, but, you know, still has a sense of fun about it. Yeah. It's not light. There's no levity here. I mean, it's, a, it's. <laughs> It's very it's grim. A, it's a dirty, disgusting world, <laughs> but I mean, you know. But it, I, I think it's fully realized, and um, I think uh, if and when they ever get around to the point of like, uh, you know, fleshing out the uh, the lore, you know, probably novelizations or even graphic novels or something like that. Um, you know, I I can't wait to see what they do with it. You know, I, I would love to. I love to see them. You know, take one of the. You know, they take characters from history. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you favorite famous Confederate and Union generals are popping up in there, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they did. De- yeah, there's there's also a lot of outlaws like Jesse James, I think, and um, uh, Doc Holliday, I think, are characters you can get. Um, I think it reminds me a lot of Deadlands. Now that I think about it, in terms yeah. of it's very that it's Deadlands. So uh, it, it all but name. Um, so definitely, if you like Deadlands, check it check it out. Um, I also, I think part of it it was the, the, I think if I want to play it and I, and I'll just have to go to the website and read all the factions to figure out which one I want, because like I was stuck with a pretty shitty faction. I think like the enlightened, (laughs) like the constructs, Oh, they're tougher to save, which means a plus one bonus on a D 10 roll, but he gets a negative three modifier to your roll. So it's really, it's a, it's a negative two instead of a negative three. Isn't that great? And his (laughs) guy, His Gatling gun gets six shots, and he gets to re-roll uh, anything that fails that will do the first time. Uh, you get three shots, though. <laughs> he, he had a British accent. You, you remember yeah. that part, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not, the, not this, you know, corn-fed, you know, yeehaw. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> it, was, it was a UK game company. And so I felt like my guys, like the only cool attack that I had was my, my main mad scientist dude, my leader, had an atomic blunderbuss, which I just placed down and like it caused it, it, it there's a chance it could kill outright, but then it, it created this hazard thing, which meant the opponent uh, at the end of their next turn would have to roll again to not be melted into radioactive goo. Uh, and so that was really cool. Uh, and I like radioactive flame flamethrowers too. And so like, I thought that was really neat, but um, I mean, he, you know, I got a couple of Frankensteins and one lady sawbones and my mad scientist. And he got two robot dogs, a guy in power arm with a Gatling gun, another guy with a Gatling gun and some sharpshooters and the, and his general with uh, all kinds of special abilities. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously this might sound a little sour grapes because it did lose, but like, again, I feel like, there's probably a rock paper scissors things where maybe that faction's weak against some other thing, but I didn't. It, it, yeah, I don't know. I just have to. Re- it's just a lot of these kind of skirmish games are boil down to making the most effective, you know, warband uh, and avoiding these kind of trap choices or suboptimal choices. So it's like building a character in third ed D and D or something like that. And so if I was going to invest fifty bucks in building a warband, I would like to 
pick a good faction that would be cool and also not get my ass kicked every time in fighting. Because I don't have to win every time, but, like, I don't want to lose every time. <laughs> so, um, it's definitely worth, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I don't know. I, I'll probably give it another, sh at least one more game before I really commit one way or the other. Um, let's see, what else did we play? Uh, we finally got to play, I finally got to play Takedo. Uh, which Chris, thank you for getting uh, from the work, uh, board game library. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, what what one of my favorites? It was amusing uh, to watch you play. Oh yeah. <laughs> I should I, sh I should preface all this that the uh, the board games we did check out. Uh, Ross stomped us all. Uh, he just <laughs> he, he 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 sees the lyrics and he knows exactly how the music is played. It was uh, outstanding. <laughs> I never played it before. Uh, they did. They have reviewed it on the Mix Six, so I was familiar with the concept. But um, I just got lucky, I guess, because I played the merchant guy who can buy items cheaper from the villages, and so I just bought a lot of everything and just uh, racked up. I guess we should describe the game. Um, yeah. So uh, Takedo is essentially. Um, Takaido is the name of this road, I believe, that led from Edo to Kyoto, mm -hmm. and um, it, it, and essentially you uh, you're, you're playing uh, monks or uh, travelers that are on the road from Edo to Kyoto, or vice versa. You can play it either way, and uh, the idea is that uh, along the way you are visiting like stores to buy like these little knickknacks or souvenirs, and you know you'll be passing these beautiful vistas, and your character will stop by to paint them and stuff like that, and hot springs and so on and so forth. And uh, those of you familiar with uh, these types of board games, uh, it's, it's a point salad board game, which is that, you know, you, you're kind of concerned with making the most optimal move to get the most points because he who has the most points in the end wins. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's interesting with this game is that uh, the person who is furthest behind the board always has the next turn. And not every space on the board can be occupied by more than one character. So if someone reaches the particularly optimal spot first, like, say, the farm, which gives you money, if someone gets there first and you're kind of out of money and you really do need money to uh, buy souvenirs and to buy food at the inn. There are five inns that everyone has to stop at. And, you know, that's kind of where, you know, the big points are made, so on and so forth. And so there are elements of uh, denial, uh, you know, uh, you know, denying other players optimal moves, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I but do, really, kind yeah. of a relaxing and nice game I, for me, anyways. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's got that kind of worker placement thing where it's about like not only optimizing your own thing, but but denying optimal choices for your opponents. Yeah, um, I really focused on being as slow as possible. So I do remember at least two, two or three times where I would like make a move and then everyone else was still ahead of me. So I'd go again. So I was just like trailing behind everybody, picking up shit like, ah, oh, might as well go to the hot springs. Uh, everyone else is already ahead of me. Um, and so that uh, was fun. Yeah, it, it, it is a really cool. It's a beautiful uh, graphic design. Um, beautiful board. Um, very easy to pick up once you get a handle on it. Um, yeah, I definitely want to play it again. Um, what else did we get? Uh, for the birds, I'm not as familiar with this one. Is this something you've been aware of before? Yeah. Um, someone, someone may uh, know better than me, but um, I seen the. It, it was it was on uh, it was on demo at Gen Con last year, and oh, okay. um, th so that puts it to me under the impression that you know it was new or soon to be released at that time. And um, it's very popular. I couldn't. I couldn't really wait around to uh, you know get my own demonstration of it. Uh, and so the, uh, the 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 general thrust of this game is that everyone has a different colored team of birds. You know, red, yellow, blue, etc. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that you have to get these birds uh, in a square formation or in a straight line uh, of, of four birds. So um, where the uh, challenge comes in to do this is that uh, ultimately where you place your birds on the board are generally not up to you. you. You you roll a pair of dice, and the dice correspond to, like, a number on the board. So if you roll, it, it, there are two D10s. So if you roll a 2 and a 3, you could place your bird on the 23 spot or the 32 spot. And there are cards you could play that, that, that allow you to manually move your birds in certain directions, so on and so forth. And um, so you're competing for spots on the board, and, to, and, and there's, a, there's what's called a pecking order. So, uh, each, you know, we, we played with four people, so that was pretty optimal, actually. So, like, between the four of us, someone was, like, the top bird. So, like, you know, if if, if Ross uh, rolled, rolled a, uh, a number where a bird of mine was sitting, since he was at the top of the pecking order, he got to push me off that spot. 
mm-hmm. for example. So, um, and then the, and then there are like I guess you call these NPCs or just like you know non playable characters called the crows and the eagles. And the crows are always at the top of the pecking order. You know that they they would if if someone played a crow on top of Ross, he would have to move no matter what. And on top of the on top of the crows were the eagles, and the eagles don't necessarily rest on the numbered spots. They rest on special nodes in the center of these numbers, and uh, they take up basically four spaces on the board. So that you know they're they're the most powerful bird. But you know these birds are not necessarily used in winning the it. it you know you don't get three eagles in a row or four crows in a row. You know. They're, you know, they don't factor into the play that way. Yeah. So strategy really comes down to, uh, I feel, you know, managing your resources, that is your cards, that allow you to manually move your birds or the eagles or crows to harass other players. And, um, you know, it was the first time all four of us were playing, and uh, me, my wife, and my brother were just kind of trying to get our birds on the board. And Ross just, you know, he <laughs> he saw he saw the right move to play. He played the card that let him move two birds to any one space and just, you know, click, click. He made a square. No problem. Um, well, I think it was a line, but yeah. It, was it, it a line? Yeah, yeah I think it, it was. like was yeah. Yeah, because I, I actually had like a, a, an initial line that was going. And then I, I'm trying to remember if either Ross anticipated it or one of us just kept right uh, rolling the hawks. That kept coming up and disrupting everything. Yeah, I mean, the thing about for me it was, uh, it's it, yeah, to a certain degree, it is getting your bo- birds onto the board at all. But like the main thing is to be constantly watching your opponents to see who's close to getting to four, and then like then you have to shit on them forever uh, until they're no longer <laughs> yeah, a threat. Thematically yeah. appropriate yeah. for birds. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so I was watching everybody else, and so anytime I had a crow or an eagle, I would be like, oh, well, that's something I need to break up. And then uh, for me, yeah, I, it was trying to just hope nobody noticed I had three birds <laughs> that just needed We sure as hell did Yeah. Uh, and then when I got, so once it got, I, then I got a bird and then I thought my strategy would be like, I'll get a bird, not to, to, uh, it, I'll put it two spaces away. Uh, well, no, because of the way uh, placing birds works is you have to do it by the numbers. So it's like, oh, I get, I can put a bird two spaces away. So my next turn, if nobody figures that out, I will be able to win. And so, uh, I was just like, oh God, I hope no one notices. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom. Yeah. Uh, it's a really good board game. Uh, yeah, no, it was a lot we'll, of fun. We'll, we'll, we'll play it at, uh, uh, Gen Con. Um, at some point. So and just real quick, um, push fight. You wanted to try out push fight. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Was, um, we, we, we've talked about it before. Are you oh, talking okay. Yeah. 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 On one of the other Patreon episodes. It's really cool. I really want to get a copy. Uh, my only, my only thing is that I, it sucks that it's two player only. I mean, I understand why it is, but I would like to get, uh, yeah, it's just a really neat chess, chess, chess yeah like this is for me it's like it's chess for somebody who can't wrap their head around chess and that guy is me and and actually yeah and chris you actually put this for it more interesting because in my line of work with the kids that i work with that's actually really cool for teaching patience and thinking your strategy without having to assemble a whole lot of parts and rules together like here's what you move uh don't try to push me up try to push me over oh well (laughs) you really need to think about what you're doing um, but we, of course, we have to go back to one of our new traditions, uh, by now, uh, the thing, uh, is of course, Chris is really fortunate enough to bring some shitty, shitty, <laughs> terrible, absolutely fucking awful, uh, Xbox indie download games. Um, so first off, Tom, out of all of those games, what, which, which did you like the most and why? Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Grant, uh, Did you already forget them? I was trying to, but now some of them are coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Granny Theft Auto was. Oh my god! Jesus Christ! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was not. Oh god damn that game. Well, tell so, like, the listeners about Granny Theft Auto, Tom. Yeah, Tom. Well, it's uh, you're playing a granny, mm-hmm. an old lady, and you have to steal vehicles to collect muffins. Yeah, that, that, that. and that's that's the point. Yeah, other than that, it's uh, there's horrible, horrible physics that you can try to jump your vehicles. But uh, Tom, Tom, you augmented the experience using some very quick thinking in your smartphone. 
Oh yeah, I did, didn't I? I played. You did. What, what song did I play? Oh god. Oh, I think you played "In the Mood" by uh, by Glenn. Oh, yeah, What's his name? Yeah, uh, Glenn Miller, I think. Glenn, <laughs> Glenn Miller's <laughs> band, yeah. Because yeah, because it just seemed like oh, this needs some music, but it, yeah, it needs music from the forties. <laughs> sure, absolutely, yeah. Tom augmented the experience, quick thinking on his part, and thematically appropriate. Um, yeah, how, considering right, I can't I, remember what the music was in this silly. Yeah, had I thought about it, I would just got like a copy of Sing 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 going. <laughs> so, Aaron, what was your favorite shitty, shitty, shitty Xbox? Uh, I'll see. It, favorite is going through because it, it sounds like there's like a category between two of this. Because I'll say the least worst out of them, where it was something competent, is probably a tie between Clash of the Monsters and whatever that uh, that very weak Star Fox clone was. Ah, <laughs> uh, Space Cat with the Space exclamation Cat. mark. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll at least give it that, that, uh, yeah, uh, Clash of the God, Monsters. Like, like the one who got his roommates to do the voices for the characters? Yes, yes. Jesus so, yeah, Christ, I'll, yeah. yeah, I'll get that. But, yeah, so Clash of the Monsters is not a good fighting game, and they're using just all the public domain monsters there. They're not. They're not. That's the thing. They're definitely not using all the public domain monsters. There's seven characters, uh, and two of them are are like Legend of Sleepy Hollow. That's like, true. So yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's true. Because you have Ichabod Crane and the uh, the headless horseman in there. Uh, you had but the best character, Bride of Dracula, was it? One of those. Uh, or, skeleton is the best one. Yeah, skeleton. Uh, oh, but no, we, we oh, need no, no, special no, attention to Invisible Man. That's it. <laughs> you <laughs> I mean, have first, that guy. The first you can't see we, him coming. I know, because, the, well, that's the problem, because nobody can see him coming, not even his player. There is no model for the Invisible <laughs> Man. There's not an no outline. <laughs> he, he, he occupies physical space, but he has no model to go off of, so it's just a guessing game, whatever the hell's going to happen. So, um, you know, my challenge to you is to imagine the Invisible Man as your favorite Invisible Man, and for me, friends, that is certainly Kevin Bacon. Oh, uh, <laughs> Claude reigns all the way, you <laughs> hypocrite. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but no, but that that it, it wasn't horrible because, like, it, it it was some effort was put into this, uh, but it, it just not enough to be able to do well, what the they have. It's play, like, you could play it. That's yeah. That's the most important thing. Yeah, that, that, that makes it a top tier shitty, shitty, shitty. Yeah, game. that did. Uh, as Tom could have wrapped his claws around it because it was definitely Mortal Kombat esque. Yeah, no, that's absolutely. You're not wrong on that. Uh, Space Cat, I actually appreciated because despite the fact that yeah, we had like bargain basement voice acting in this, uh, you could see effort being put into it. But then there, but the problem is, is there's a whole story back there that we don't have access to. <laughs> Like, there's text and text in this world that we have to assume go went into this to try to legally separate it from Star Fox. Describe how it looked, Aaron. Oh, God. Uh, polygons? No, no, no. Voxels. Oh, Vox. voxels. <laughs> Very poorly programmed voxels because the game would, like, oh, the, oh, shudder to, like, half a frame a second yeah, uh, when a monster exploded down. into a million different voxels. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, oh, God, there was, there were so many resource, there were so many objects on there, it just, Chris's poor Xbox One was just struggling to keep up going, all right, if you optimize this, I can do something, but I'm, I'm just going to ship my processor, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, so there are a couple other the shitty, shitty, shitty games that we played. Uh, you need all three shitties. Uh, well, the first one, of course, we tried was Virtuo City. Uh, which, oh, yes. Yes. It was great. I knew nothing about this, but apparently uh, Aaron is uh, well in um, certain aspects of pop culture. So when this thing started, okay. Aaron just lit up. Oh, no. I, I unfortunately went off on that one. So what? the first thing you notice is that the flyer, if you've ever seen Gravity Falls, and uh, particularly one of the episodes where... Uh, a dating sim character comes to life for one of the, the characters in there uh, that was named Jiffany. Uh, her character, this char the person you're doing, the character model looks exactly like her. And she has very dead eyes in which if you turn <laughs> around, it just stares directly into your soul. Uh, the second aspect I saw from this is that when it started, uh, the first song that came up, and I'll, I may, I'm going to look this up right now, just Crowdy Falls. Uh, well, uh, let's anyways, you, you play as a little anime girl flying around picking up little yeah. item boxes to get points, yeah. but that's it. Like the, One of the yeah, common it. denominators of most of these shitty, shitty games is uh, shitty, shitty, shitty games. Sorry, three shitties. Um, <laughs> is that there's no real plot, 
and it's just fucking terrible. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, you just do things. Um, uh, so other it was games, also interesting. They had uh, oh, Zelda yeah. music in this thing. Yeah, no, okay, yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah the clearly thing. copyright violation to hell and back. And yeah, Xbox is like, yeah, put it on there. Well, the one pure shovelware asset. Yeah, the what? Yeah, the where that they're doing this is that the the first song that came up was the Gravity Falls theme, but it was one bun done by Liz Robinette, uh, so it had lyrics to it. And I'm like, what the hell? And then they did a a smooth McGroove acapella redo for Zelda music. I'm like, okay, so you're not stealing only to stealing the normal property, but YouTubers are trying to make a buck on their own stuff. So that's kind of a double shitty. Um, yeah, so, of course, we have more shitty games to talk about. Um, there was Bifrost Battle, uh, which Chris was <laughs> oh, yeah. really disappointed about because uh, apparently has a good trailer, but it's really fucking shitty. Uh, it's just some side-scrolling fight on the Bifrost Rainbow Bridge where you're a Viking guy, and it's, we played, like, three minutes because it's not, it's not good. Well it's, well, it's really, after three minutes, like, I think we got, I think we got everything this game has to offer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see here. But what you don't know is it's actually preview for Thor 4. <laughs> yeah. Uh, four. Yeah, 4. Uh, let's see, also four. there was a, I don't remember the exact name, but a zombie-themed uh, wave FPS where you shoot zombies to get money to get better guns to shoot zombies. Uh, yeah, Ross, you were, you were really getting into it. You were, yeah. you were starting to get invested, weren't you? I was. I, it was a rich narrative. <laughs> Uh, there was actually one game Aaron got really invested in, uh, that I do remember, named Super Retro Platform, which was the Synthwave game. Uh, oh, God, okay. It actually that, looked halfway decent. Uh, yeah. yeah, it looked halfway decent, but it, it it's it's a 3D platformer that just has zero, very floaty controls and, zero, and a lot of slick uh, surfaces. So it, it's not really that great because you have to constantly look at your feet, which is, if you're supposed to be looking at the, the grand visual that you've been given it doesn't help because all i sat there was just going like all right i'm gonna make it I'm gonna make it fuck all right back to the again and it does have a save feature but why yeah it's fun um of course i also appreciated a um i don't remember the name of it but you're playing an elf in a rocket powered christmas sled <laughs> oh yeah the the title of this thing is just born it's called recovery elf 2017 <laughs> it's just you know, this is this is shit like Alcohol Anonymous makes. You know, just or <laughs> Narcotics Anonymous. You know, it's just <laughs> I'm the recovery of. <laughs> Come for me, my chip. Uh, <laughs> that that was pretty good. Um, that that had really great sled graphics. I have to say, uh, yeah. I mean, just just a, you know, an entirely too large world with like not nearly anything to do with it, and just you know, you can just drive off the, you can just zone out and drive off the planet. Yep. And your thrusters it, it, look it, like they're about to it, set the it, force on fire. Hey, man, that game that game is the definitive slay simulator. <laughs> you know what? I got to give you credit there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we uh, There's also one I don't remember the name of, but it was something about a cat. Uh, that you oh, Kitty's Adventure. For yeah, yeah. Oh. The whole title right there. It's and, as good uh, as it sounds. <laughs> Russ, Russ made the observation, and it's true, that it was the most game-like of the games we played. Yeah. That is to say that, you know, you control a character, there are, you know, there are objects to pick up, and there's, a, there's an end goal to the stage. Yeah, the end goal was really what separates the, the shitty, 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 shit-tier games versus the shitty, shitty, shitty uh, A-tier games, you know, like, there's different <laughs> tiers, of course. Uh, For Kitty's Adventure, you just, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's a weird angle. You kind of get the idea it should be top down, kind of like a bomber man maze. Yeah. But you you guide your cat, and you pick up the word spelling kitty, get to the end, and then you get to watch this incredibly detailed model do jumping jacks. Yay! So uh, <laughs> that was that was pretty fun. Um, of course, speaking of shitty games, we also did uh, watch the App Junkies, uh, ah, yes. last year, uh, which is apparently from uh, the Nerf This podcast. And basically, they MST3K shitty iOS games. Uh, but this year, apparently, they didn't. The guy obviously only spent like ten minutes to get apps for it because a lot he was, he had a lot of the same apps from last year's presentation, um, and um, like at least two thirds of the apps didn't work at all from the latest. Like the latest iOS update broke it. So 
the ones that he did have were funny because there was one guy who made these side scrolling fight him games with this weird style of animation and like there was it was basically superhero copyright violation the game where Nick Fury an obvious Nick Fury is called Monocle Man which is the greatest Google Translate error of like an eye patch I've ever said Monocles and eye patches are basically the same. Yeah, uh, I they mean, function. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the developer's name is M. Dickey. That's it, yeah. yeah. M. Dickey. So. And so that was fun. So there's some really fun ones, um, but I don't think I'll go again next year because it doesn't look like he's going to put any effort in it because I don't want to – yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of wish he that, – that that would be a great YouTube series. That would be something maybe we could do at some point is like just load, doing streaming of shitty games and four or five people making fun of them. Um, oh, my God. I that, actually just found M. Dickey's website. It's – Kind of amazing. Mm, I'll take your word for it. Um, yes. When I say amazing, I mean like terrible. Yeah, that's that's the word. Yeah, amazing and terrible. Not the same words, it turns out. Amerable. Amerable. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, yeah, I had a great time. Uh, definitely want to come back next year. Uh, play more uh, board games. Yeah. Sorry. And, to- uh, I got And I got some In-N-Out burger. Fuck yeah. Okay. Yep. We got to eat great, healthy fast food. Oh, Let us review In and Out Burger for our fans here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. no, you go. You got to get the double double, all right? No. And don't whip out on the onions. I don't want to hear you hate onions. I hate onions. <laughs> I hate onions too. It's fucking delicious, and anyone who thinks differently is wrong. Whoa, strong words. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, last thing, um, I do want to mention some of the podcasts we listened to, because I loaded up a bunch of new ones that I hadn't listened to very much, or at all. Um, the Dollop Podcast is a really fun history podcast where a guy reads up on topic and, and just tells it as a story to a stand-up comedian, and they both talk about... Yes, we listened to one episode about the bald knobbers, which yeah. were a real it's ridiculous. Yes, they're a real vigilante group that wore masks in the 19th century and terrorized the countryside. They weren't racist per se because there just weren't any people of color in the Ozarks after the Civil War. They pro- they surely would have been had there been uh, people of color available to terrorize. But they terrorized other white people. Yeah, they were just terrible in other ways. Yeah, they, they were trying to, to, to fight crime, and then they became criminals. Well, then they became the moral police. Well, and they became basically a mafia. It's like, oh, well, uh, yeah, Farmer Bob mafia. has great land that I really want to get, so let's... Oh, he turns out to be a uh, uh, an adulterer, so we should run him off his land and force him to sell it to me for a dollar. It's like, if oh yeah. It, we'll, if he does it, we'll shoot his family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that that was a great episode to to learn about a really fucked up bit of uh, Ozark history. Um, we also uh, lo- listened to several episodes of We Hate Movies, uh, which is I'm finding a more entertaining podcast about making fun of bad movies than um, How Did This Get Made. Because these aren't live. Yeah, these aren't live. Better sound quality. Um, and no, not nearly as many ads. Because How Did This Get Made has way too many ads, I think, at this point. So, um, let's see here. What else? Uh, uh, El Chapo Trap House. Uh, yeah, great good, so. political comedy uh, podcast. Very topical. Very angry and uh, venti. Yeah, very, very good. Um, let's see here. I Don't Even Own a TV. I listen oh, a couple- yeah. Yeah, a couple episodes. Reviewing of a book, reviewing a book I read in elementary. Yeah, which book was that, Tom? Oh, that was uh, Blaster Master. Uh, uh, Worlds of Power. Worlds yeah. Of Power. Yeah. Uh, also, a book that uh, either uh, all three of us just kind of shook our heads at and going, "Wow, this is like trying to be the most edge lord of." Ed yes, Lord. Level Twenty Six Dark Origins, um, which is yeah. the first digi novel, mind mind you. <laughs> Um, so keep that in mind. Oh, it's, oh, and Steven Seagal's book. Uh, that was on El Chapo Trap House. That yeah. was actually, uh, a Jesus. Patreon. Yeah. Uh, if I got to recommend, if I got to recommend an episode of, I don't even own the TV, you really ought to go back and have them review Bill O'Reilly's book. Oh, uh, the, the time traveling one. You, you did a time traveling book. Yeah. That was, that was, that was oh my God. That was Rush <laughs> Limbaugh. Oh uh, no, that oh, was, no, Ru- no, was that Bill O'Reilly or was it Rush Limbaugh? That was Rush Limbaugh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Rush Limbaugh did That's the still impressive. 
Yeah. Okay, so we listened to one fucking right-wing political blowhard uh, doing a, ki- a book for kids about time traveling to the American founding father. Uh, so, yeah, okay, the Bill O'Reilly one. All right, I'll have to listen to that one. Um, so, yeah, that the great podcast to listen to. Uh, yep. Of course, keep listening to RPPR. And, uh, uh, yeah, they, actually, they made an 11-hour car ride go by pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the definitely, definitely improved that. So... Um. Any any final thoughts on uh, Pax South 2018? Um. Yeah. You know. Um. I I am very happy to hear that you guys still managed to have a good time in spite of there being a, a smaller footprint, uh, vendor wise. And um, you know, I hope you guys will give it another shot next year. Uh, I'll certainly will. And um, well, for sure. I mean, I'm going to Pax East. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I I hope that's a big. I hope they got more stuff there. I hope so. Well, I, I, I think the thing is that, you know, PAX, uh, like, 2018 was a quieter year for video games than last year just because, you know, there's no pa- there's no fucking Nintendo Switch coming out. It's already out. Uh, there's no other huge things that I'm aware of coming down the pipe. Uh, but for me, I don't go to PAX South. I go for the tabletop side and yeah. uh, playing new board games in their board game library. Uh, the panels, they always have several RPG slash tabletop oriented ones. Um and yeah that that kind of stuff that like the video games are a nice bonus but that's not the primary reason why I go so uh, now that True Dungeon's going to be there hopefully every year that's going to be uh hopefully another annual tradition so uh yep. doing True Dungeon every year there so yeah definitely uh anyways uh, this has been our Pack South 2018 wrap up uh we'll talk to you guys next time bye see you next year.